On this week's episode of Growth Engineers, we're going to dig into the customer value journey. I'm sure you've been spending time and money posting on social, trying to make connections, trying to build rapport with your future clients. But then maybe they raise their hand and you don't know exactly what to do next. And how do you transfer that relationship from the content to the conversation? So that's what we're going to dig into deep this week with Atiba and I. So stay tuned. So Atiba, we've got a Sorry. big big topic this week. As usual, we like to dig into this stuff and mm. stay strategic, but we'll probably cover some tactics along the way too, because there's a lot of moving parts to this concept of the customer value journey, right? Yes. So we're, we're told by all the digital marketing gurus, you got to post content, you got to post content, you got to be out there, you got to build relationships, you got to do all yep. this fun stuff. But at the end of the day, you've got to connect that marketing activity to revenue generating activities, right? Yes. So, so talk to us a little about this sort of concept of the value, the customer value journey. Maybe we'll start there and then we'll take it to the next step. But dig into that if you would, my friend. Yeah, no problem. And you know, Dean, it's you and I love the customer value journey and we talk about it all the time and it's I, I hate to say it this way, but it amazes me how often I meet people who have no concept. I did a talk to a group of marketers recently, and these are marketers and half of them have marketing agencies. And most of them had no idea what the customer value journey was. And that was a little bit painful to realize, but he, he, I had to realize that's the truth. And if you're a business owner listening to us, you might be there too. And this is why your social media is not working. This is why you're feeling frustrated with your efforts on social. And it's because the thing that we're ignoring here, the principle that we're ignoring with the tactic of social media is understanding that every single person, right, Dean? Every single person goes through a journey of getting to know you before they purchase from you. Absolutely. Okay. Even if, even if you're selling a candy bar, there's a journey. It might be shorter, but there's still a journey. There's a journey of recognizing I might be hungry or I just had a bad day. I need some sugar or I'm just greedy. <laughs> Give me something. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's, there's a journey that they go through. And when you obfuscate that journey, when you violate that journey, you end up with negative results. Yep. 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 Well, and I think the key here is, well, there's a lot of keys, right? You covered a lot of interesting stuff to sort of build this conversation. But I think we need to remember that there's a psychological process that we go through. When we say this buyer's journey, the buyer's value journey, there's lots of ways to describe it. What we're talking about is the psychological, mental, and emotional process somebody goes through, right? Yes. It's not just click on the website and go to the funnel and do the thing and raise your hand. Those are the tactics. That's the kind of mechanical pieces, but we have to understand the, the psychological piece and the candy bar is a great example, right? What emotion is triggering this desire to buy this or eat this candy bar? Yes. Right? Are we hungry? So that's a pain that we're trying to solve. 
Are we unhappy? Another emotion, right? So mm -hmm. with our business, we have to relate to those things. We have to be where the buyer is. So yeah. with knowing this journey, where do you start? Where would you suggest our listeners start to sort of map this journey out? Yeah, it's a really great question. And here's the key to mapping the journey, to starting to mapping the journey is becoming obsessed with your customer and understanding the actual pain points that they have. So let's stick with the candy bar since we already started there, right? And let's talk about Snickers for a moment, okay? Ever notice that Snickers does not market themselves as comfort food? It doesn't market itself as filling your sweet tooth? No, it's what you grab when you're hungry. Because the Snickers company, and who owns Snickers? Mars or one of them, one yeah. of the big boys that owns Snickers now, they recognize that the pain that their customer was in is hunger, but not able to get a full meal, right? And so this thing, this candy bar, is going to fulfill the desire of making you feel good versus say a, a three musketeers and it's nuggets and all the, and then, and yeah, yeah they, right. they're all about comfort. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And think about power bars and granola bars and you know, all of that sort of a health food brand, they're adult candy bars. That's really all yeah. they are, right? Packed yeah. with sugar and calories, but they position themselves in the minds of the buyer again differently. It's not about necessarily even hunger. It's about a pre-workout snack or it's a yes. get your protein after you worked. They're all going after a different type of emotion, but they have a very similar product. Correct. And that's one of the big violations that we as business owners often make because so often you look and, you know, this is one of the reasons I hate and competitive analysis. There is value in competitive analysis, but the bigger issue with competitive analysis is this. So often we say, well, if they did this, then I want to do it too, because it worked for them. Well, number one, you don't know that it worked for them, right? We go out and we create, well, they're creating these types of social media posts. So mm -hmm. I'm great. Those types of social media posts too, because on that post, they got 500 likes. I want to get 500 likes too. <laughs> right. Right. But you're not talking to the same audience. And that's why understanding the customer value journey all starts with having that true, true understanding of the pain points that your audience is in. Because, and this is the, to the point that Dean, you were making earlier about how it's, it's transitional because Today, when it comes to, say, buying a car, I may have one pain point that I'm looking at. But if I get that pain point met, if I understand now, okay, I can trust this brand. Let's say I have a trust issue. I can trust this brand. Well, tomorrow I may be dealing with a different pain point. Mm -hmm. Can this vehicle handle my entire family? And if you're still talking about, you can trust us, and I want to know, can you handle all my kids? I'm going to tune out your content. And so it's understanding that content has to map to the pain point, which maps to the journey. Right. 
And as they go through the journey, their pain points change. Mm -hmm. And your content has to change too. Yeah. And their entry point into that journey is in a different space too, right? Depending on how they find you and how they connect with your your content. Absolutely. So how, how do you find that information out? Where do you go? What do you see? So you said you're not a big fan of com- competitive analysis. Yeah, I- I'm with you because I think it can lead us down the wrong path in, in not even realizing that we're heading towards a dead end. So where do you go? Where do you find this information? Where do you start to like, map out the steps, the pains, the, the process that our buyers go through? Yeah, it's a great question, Dean. And, you know, it depends on your business, right? So if you have an established business, established brand, established customer base, that's where you start. Okay, you want to go back to them and ask them questions, get a survey. Oh, I got 100 customers, only 10 of them will respond. Guess what? That's 10 more responses than you had when you started. Take them. Yep. Okay, take them. So you start there if you're an established brand. If you're a younger brand and you're not as established, then you actually have to go out to the world and find out the answer. So here's one of the things that we did, and and real talk of what we did. So about three years ago, we started this transition in the agency to becoming video first and video first being our brand new flagship kind of offer. We're going to do video for you first. This is coming from being written first content that we were producing for you. Well, guess what? We actually didn't know that much about video. And we also didn't know what people wanted. We just knew that the market was moving towards video and we didn't know how to actually help the customers get there. So what we did is we went out, we created us, we spent money on it. So you're going to spend some money, y'all. We created a Facebook group and then we went out and found business owners and invited them into the group and just had conversations with real people and asked them questions. And over about six, eight, nine months of interviewing several hundred people in this group of asking questions and getting responses on and so forth, we started to understand where their pain points around marketing and video content were. And then we could then create our offer and our content to match that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good research, right? It's research from potential buyers. I would add a couple of things if I could to yeah, please. process because I think that you, you hit the, the first one you said was 100% talk to your customers. And I would even advocate don't send a survey, have a conversation. Yeah. And even, even better, better, you shouldn't have a conversation. If you're the delivery mechanism or you're the face of the organization, they're less likely to tell you in depth information because they don't want to upset the relationship. So have somebody else help you with that mm. process. Right, a third party unbiased, even confidential interview can gather so much more information than if I went to my customer directly and said, how am I doing? They may love me as a person and say, Dean, yeah, you're great. You're not gonna get usable information some of the time. So anyway, so I'd say customer interviews is hugely important. Yes. Getting market feedback like you described is good. Another way to do it is find LinkedIn events. Mm. where People are speaking about the topic that you wanna be an expert in And you're there not necessarily to listen to the presentation while that may be interesting. You're there to listen to the audience's questions. Yes. Because the questions reveal pain. When they're asking that speaker, what about this and how about that? That's what you want to learn from. 
So look at LinkedIn events. That's another great way to go to get that kind of feedback. The, the other component with the buyer's journey that I think is important to, to touch on is this emotional transition, right? We talked about the emotional mm -hmm. process. And if we understand the before emotion and the after emotion, once they've solved the problem, we can really align our messaging. And one of the things that we've been doing recently is using ChatGPT, right? That's and, right. And if you don't have a customer base, think about your ideal client Think about what are the top three books they would read by well-known experts in the field. Go to Amazon, grab some book reviews, right? 10, 20 book reviews, drop them in chat GPT and have it analyze those mm -hmm. reviews about the current state, the before state, the after state, what they went through, what problems were they trying to solve. It'll crunch that data for you like crazy. And that will also give you some more insight. Now, I'm going to one-up you, Dean, because you don't actually have to go to Amazon and do the, the copy and paste. All right. It actually knows the reviews. And especially with it being able to go out to the web now, you can, because we were doing that as well. We've done that in the past in research of saying, hey, go analyze Amazon reviews on this topic with these books and tell us what are the sentiment from and some topics from the reviews. Right. Got great stuff there. And we've proven that actually the stuff that they pulled came from the reviews. It wasn't just made up. So, yeah. yes. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. And Bard, that's the Google AI, right? That, yep. that has access to the internet too. Yep. So there's lots of tools to do it. So whether you do it, regardless of what, how you do it, go do it. Right. It's another yes. way to build the, the customer journey. All right. So we got, we started off talking about the before the point of entry point, how our buyers or their needs and emotions change. Mm -hmm. What's the next step in the process to really utilize our online content to sort of position ourselves as experts? So when we have that conversation, we're already way down the road with the prospect. Yeah. Number one is stop jumping the gun. So many of us feel like I put out a piece of content and so I need to put my lead magnet in it. I need to put my buy now button in it. I need to, they got to buy from me. I, I mean, I put out a piece of content. Why are they buying yet? Stop. 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 Your content still takes people through a journey. Okay. And if all of your content is just buy, 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 download, 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 subscribe, 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 people will tune that out. Even if you're providing value, because they get, they realize that's all you're about. You see, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And your content gives you that opportunity to let them know that you actually care about them and their pain points and the, the journey that they're going through. We've got a very, very simple rule. And then here it is. You should not ask in content more than 15% of the time for someone to take an action that is off platform. Now, e-commerce kind of screws with those numbers because that 15% does grow. But in general, for most of us who are, who are not in e-commerce, maximum 15% of the time, can you say, go do something else? The rest of the time, what do you want to do? You want to tell them, hey, like this, ask them a question and have them engage right there on the post. 
That is creating community. That is creating connection. Now, why is that so important? And I'll tell you why. Because it was last week, Thursday, no, Wednesday night, actually, I received an email from one of our clients. And the email read like this. We're getting great traction from a video that we put up. In fact, I just had the first consultation of someone come into my office from watching that video. And they spent $26,000 with us. That is the end. And most people hear that and think, oh, that's what I want from every single time. No, 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 That person who watched that video that got them to make that appointment had watched previous videos before it. Previous videos that were just sharing information and helping them with their pain points. So by the time they got to that video that said, hey, schedule an appointment, they said, yes. And then when they came in the office, and this was the, the rest of the message that I got. It said, that was one of the easiest sales we've ever made. That's what you want. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So let's touch on the type of content as it fits mm-hmm. into this process, because you can post sales content, you can post how-to content, educational content. I mean, list the categories, right? There's, there's all kinds yeah. of stuff you can post. You said no more than 15% of your content should be pushing somebody to do something off platform. Yeah. So how do we position ourselves as that expert? What, what kind of content should we be providing to, to set up credibility so the sale becomes easy? Yeah. So we bucket content into three buckets, y'all. Three. The first one is why content. This is big philosophical content that talks about their why and or why solving whatever problem they have is important. Okay. Why having a a tax accountant will save you in the long run. Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. Even what does a tax accountant do? That's yet another kind of big philosophical question. Okay. Those are the whys. So first bucket, the majority of your content should be in this bucket. We're talking 50% of your content because this is the content that says to people, hey, you who's having this problem, I understand and know what you're dealing with. And that's what people want. People want to know that you get them because so many of us are misunderstood. They want to know that you get them. So that's the why content. Okay. Then we have how content as our second bucket. Now the how content, I like to say this is content that you can break down into steps. Okay. So let's say you sold custom yachts. You may create a how content of how we install the doorknobs on your yacht. So it doesn't have to be this big grandiose thing. It could be something that small and micro. How I do a little thing. That how content is credibility building. It's where they get to see, oh yeah, you actually do know your stuff. Right. Heck, they might even go out and try some of it, depending on what your industry is. Because if, you, if you're a surgeon, they're not going to go try surgery on themselves. <laughs> right? But... You know, they may try some of it to themselves. They may say, oh, wow, that worked. This guy knows his stuff. This gal knows what she's talking about. 
That's the how content. You're taking a little tiny micro little thing that you do and saying, hey, here are the steps to do this. And then lastly, the third bucket is the what content. This is the 15%. The 15% that says, this is what we do. And bigger than that, it's asking a question. Do you want help? Do you want help? Because if they're raising their hand saying, yeah, I want help, then they're primed to come off platform and get help. If they don't want help, why are you taking them to your website? To pad your analytics? To say, ooh, we had 5,000 visitors, but only two conversions. They don't want help. Leave them where they are. Let them keep on going. Yeah. And not only do they want help, they want help now. Yes, 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 right? yes. The that is the implied, is, yes. Right? So that's often when we get ghosted is someone shows a lot of interest. They yes. want the help, they want the help, but we didn't find out now. Now, yes. Later. Very, very, very true point. Yes, thank that, you, Dean. But again, moving them through the process is critical. Yes. So, so we covered a lot of ground today, right? How to create your credibility, build your credibility throughout the buyer's journey. Focus on the pain, not the what we do. Right. There's a time to talk about us. There's a time to relate to the buyer. And most of the early stages of the buyer's journey is exactly that, right? Be understood, yeah. relate to the buyer. Yeah. So as you wrap this episode up, what is the one thing you would leave our audience with as they think about the buyer's journey and building credibility and making that $26,000 sale the easiest one ever? Yeah, it's really stopping for a moment and looking and asking this question of yourself. Am I creating this piece of content here because this is something my potential buyers have said they want to know? Or am I creating this because I think it's important? Yep. If you think it's important, you probably shouldn't create it. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So if anybody in the audience is interested in figuring out the buyer's journey and how to create content that really moves people through it. How can they, what, what's the best way to get help from you, Atiba? It's a great question. The best way to get help is find me on LinkedIn. Let's chat on LinkedIn about that. Okay. And let's chat about who your audience is and go to meetatiba.com. That will take you to my LinkedIn. Send me a message. Let's talk about it. Let's chat about it and I can point you to some resources that can help you define your buyer's journey. Okay, because once you have that, your content journey becomes so much, so much easier. Yeah, excellent. Well, good. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of The Growth Engineers. We look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Bye, everybody.